Long History Francis Drake's Voyage About the World, Part 16 A sorrowful farewell in California and a friendly welcome in the Moluccas Hello everyone and welcome to the latest slice of Long History We're now on Part 16 of The Voyage About the World A description of Francis Drake's famous voyage which took place from the 15th of November 1577 to the 26th of September 1580 just a quick introduction for any new listeners, welcome of course, and here at Long History we break up historic source documents into chunks of 10 minutes or so. These documents are written by eyewitnesses to the events that took place. As I said, this is episode 16, so look out for episode 1 if you want to start from the beginning, and subscribe to be notified of the remaining episodes to come. In this series there's 20 altogether. The text being read here was written by men who took part in the voyage and was created from the notes of Master Francis Fletcher, a preacher, and others. In the previous episode, Drake and his crew spent time with the people they met in the area known today as California, and things seemed to have gone well. The English stake their claim to the whole area, managing to convince themselves that the local people have agreed to be the subjects of the English crown. As this section begins, the document stresses that the Spanish could not have claimed this area, never having reached so far north. The crew leave California, with the locals apparently devastated at their departure. They make it all the way across the Pacific and visit places such as Palau in the Western Pacific, Mindanao and Sarangani Islands in the southern Philippines, ending up in Ternate Island, part of an island group in today's Indonesia called the Malukus, which in this document are called the Molucas. So here we go with the latest episode of Long History. The Spaniards never had any dealing, or so much as set foot in this country, the utmost of their discoveries reaching only to many degrees southward of this place. And now, as the time of our departure was perceived by them to draw nigh, so did the sorrows and miseries of this people seem to themselves to increase upon them, and the more certain they were of our going away, the more doubtful they showed themselves what they might do, so that we might easily judge that joy, being exceeding great, wherewith they received us at our first arrival, was clean drowned in their excessive sorrow for our departing. For they did not only lose on a sudden all mirth, joy, glad countenance, pleasant speeches, agility of body, familiar rejoicing one with another, and all pleasure whatever flesh and blood might be delighted in, but, with sighs and sorrowings, with heavy hearts and grieved minds, they powered out woeful complaints and moans, with bitter tears and wringing of their hands, tormenting themselves, and, as men refusing all comfort, they only accounted themselves as castaways, and those whom the gods were about to forsake, so that nothing we could say or do was able to ease them of their so heavy a burden or to deliver them from so desperate a strait as our leaving of them did seem to them that it would cast them into. Howbeit, seeing they could not still enjoy our presence, they, supposing us to be gods indeed, thought it their duties to entreat us that, being absent, we would yet be mindful of them, and, making signs of their desires that in time to come we would see them again, they stole upon us a sacrifice, to set it on fire ere we were aware, burning therein a chain and a bunch of feathers, we laboured by all means possible to withhold or withdraw them, but could not prevail, till at last we fell to prayers and singing of psalms, whereby they were lured immediately to forget their folly, and leave their sacrifice unconsumed, suffering the fire to go out, and imitating us in all our actions, they fell, a lifting of their eyes and hands to heaven, as they saw us do. The 23rd of July they took a sorrowful farewell of us, but being loath to leave us, they presently ran to the top of the hills to keep us in their sight as long as they could, making fires before and behind, and on each side of them, burning therein, as is to be supposed, sacrifices at our departure. 
Not far without this harbour did lie certain islands. We called them the islands of St. James, having on them plentiful and great store of seals and birds, with one of which we fell July the 24th, whereon we found such provision as might competently serve our turn for a while. We departed again the next day following, viz. July the 25th. And our general, now considering that the extremity of the cold not only continued but increased, the sun being gone farther from us, and that the wind blowing still as it did at first from the northwest, cut off all hope of finding a passage through these northern parts, thought it necessary to lose no time, and therefore with general consent of all, bent his course directly to run with the islands of the Moluccas, and so, having nothing in our view but air and sea, without sight of any land for the space of full sixty-eight days together, we continued our course through the main ocean, till September the 30th following, on which day we fell in ken of certain islands, lying about eight degrees to the northward of the line. From these islands, presently upon the discovery of us, came a great number of canoes, having in each of them, in some four, in some six, in some fourteen or fifteen men, bringing with them cocos, fish, potatoes and certain fruits to small purpose. Their canoes were made after the fashion that the canoes of all the rest of the islands of Moluccas for the most part are, that is, of one tree, hollowed within with great art and cunning, being made so smooth, both within and without, that they bore a gloss, as if it were a harness most finely burnished. A prow and stern they had of one fashion, yielding inward in manner of a semicircle, of a great height, and hanged full of certain white and glistering shells for bravery. On each side of their canoes lay out two pieces of timber, about a yard and a half long more or less, according to the capacity of their boat. At the end whereof was fastened crosswise a great cane, the use whereof was to keep their canoes from overthrowing, and that they might be equally borne upon each side. The people themselves have the nether parts of their ears cut round or circle-wise, hanging down very low upon their cheeks, wherein they hang things of a reasonable weight. The nails on the fingers of some of them were at least an inch long, and their teeth as black as pitch, the colour whereof they used to renew by often eating of a herb, with a kind of powder, which in a cane they carry about them to the same purpose, the first sort and company of those canoes being come to our ship, which then, by reason of a scant wind made little way, very subtly and against their natures began in peace to traffic with us, giving us one thing for another very orderly, intending, as we perceived, hereby to work a greater mischief to us, and treating us by signs most earnestly to draw nearer to the shore, that they might, if possible, make the easier prey both of the ship and us. But these passing away, and others continually resorting, we were quickly able to guess at them what they were. For if they received anything once into their islands, they would neither give recompense nor restitution of it, but thought, whatever they could finger, to be their own, expecting always with brows of brass to receive more, but would part with nothing, yea, being rejected for their bad dealing, as those with whom we would have no more to do, using us so evilly, they could not be satisfied till they had given that attempt to revenge themselves, because we would not give them whatsoever they would have for nothing, and, having stones good store in their canoes, let fly a main of them against us, it was far from our general's meaning to requite their malice by like injury. Yet, that they might know that he had power to do them harm, if he had listed, he caused a great piece to be shot off, not to hurt them, but to affright them, which wrought the desired effect amongst them. For at the noise thereof, they every one leaped out of his canoe into the water, and diving under the keel of their boats, stayed them from going any way, till our ship was gone a good way from them. Then, they all lightly recovered into their canoes, and got them with speed towards the shore. 
Notwithstanding, other new companies, but all of the same mind, continually made resort unto us, and seeing that there was no good to be got by violence, they put on a show of seeming honesty, and offering in show to deal with us by way of exchange, under that pretense they cunningly fell a filching of what they could, and one of them pulled a dagger and knives from one of our men's girdles, and being required to restore it again, he rather used what means he could to catch it more. Neither could we at all to be rid of this ungracious company, till we made some of them feel some smart as well as terror, and so we left that place, by all passengers to be known hereafter by the name of the Island of Thieves. Till the 3rd of October we could not get clear of these consorts, but from thence we continued our course within sight of land till the 16th of the same month, when we fell with four islands standing in 7 degrees 5 minutes to the northward of the line. We coasted them till the 21st day, and then anchored and watered upon the biggest of them, called Mindanao. The 22nd of October, as we passed between the two islands, about 6 or 8 degrees south of Mindanao, there came from them two canoes to have talked with us, and we would willingly have talked with them, but there arose so much wind that put us from them to the southwards. October the 25th, we passed by the island named Talao, in 3 degrees 40 minutes. We saw, to the northward of it, three or four other islands, Teda, Selan, Saran, three islands so named to us by an Indian, the middle whereof stands in 3 degrees. We passed the last save one of these, and the first day of the following month, in like manner, we passed the Ile Soiro in 1 degrees 30 minutes, and the 3rd of November, we came in sight of the islands of the Moluccas, as we desired. These are four high-peaked islands, their names, Terenate, Tidore, Machan, Bachan, all of them very fruitful and yielding abundance of clothes, whereof we furnished ourselves of as much as we desired at a very cheap rate. At the east of them lies a very great island called Gilola. We directed our course to have gone to Tidore, but in coasting along a little island belonging to the king of Terenate, November the 4th, his deputy, or viceroy, with all expedition, came off to our ship in a canoe, and without any fear or doubting of our good meaning, came presently aboard, who, after some conference with our general, entreated him by any means to run with Terenate and not with Tidore, assuring him that his king would be wondrous glad of his coming, and be ready to do for him what he could, and what our general, in reason, should require, for which purpose he himself would that night be with his king to carry him the news, with whom, if he once dealt, he should find that as he was a king, so his word should stand. Whereas, if he dealt with the Portugals, who had the command of Tidore, he should find in them nothing but deceit and treachery. And besides that, if he went to Tidore before he came to Ternate, then would his king have nothing to do with us, for he held the Portugals as an enemy. On these persuasions, our general resolved to run with Ternate, where, the next day, very early in the morning, we came to anchor. And presently our general sent a messenger to the king with a velvet cloak, for a present and token that his coming should be in peace, and that he required no other thing at his hands but that, his victuals being spent in so long a voyage, he might have supply from him by way of traffic and exchange of merchandise, whereof he had store of diverse sorts, of such things as he wanted, which he thought he might be the bolder to require at his hands, both for that the thing was lawful, and that he offered him no prejudice or wrong therein, as also because he was entreated to repair to that place by his viceroy at Mutir, who assured him of necessary provision in such manner as now he required the same. Before this, the viceroy, according to his promise, had been with the king, signifying unto him what a mighty prince and kingdom we belonged unto, what good things the king might receive from us, not only now, 
but for hereafter by way of traffic. Yea, what honour and benefit it might be to him to be in league and friendship with so noble and famous a prince as we served. And farther, what a discouragement it would be to the Portugals, his enemies, to hear and see it. In hearing whereof, the king was so presently moved to the well-liking of the matter, that before our messenger could come half the way, he had sent the viceroy, with diverse others of his nobles and counsellors, to our general, with special message that he should not only have what things he needed, or would require with peace and friendship, but that he would willingly entertain Amity with so famous and renowned a princess as was ours, and that if it seemed good in her eyes to accept of it, he would sequester the commodities and traffic of his whole island from others, especially from his enemies the Portugals, from whom he had nothing but by the sword, and reserve it to the intercourse of our nation, if we would embrace it. In token whereof, he had now sent to our general his signet, and would within short time after come in his own person, with his brethren and nobles, with boats or canoes into our ship, and be a means of bringing her into safer harbour. The events here take place between July and November 1579. This episode covers a long distance, the crew leaving California, crossing the Pacific to reach the Philippines. In Ternate, on the Malucas Islands, they immediately become embroiled in local politics, with the King of Ternate denouncing the King of Tidore. In the next episode, the crew meet the King of Ternate. Thank you for listening. If you have enjoyed this episode, please like and subscribe. If you haven't already, explore our other series, including Magellan's voyage around the world and Columbus's first journey across the Atlantic, and many others. Thank you and goodbye.